great sustainable products are really difficult to find. Very often these are amazing initiatives from small and medium companies who just don't have enough voice on the market to be seen and to be heard and to get the scale that we need to actually notice the change in the mainstream. Hi, I'm Sebastian Volney, and as you know, this is The Sustainable Fashion Wingman, the podcast show where we bring you insights and innovations from the world of ethical and sustainable fashion to help you dress, live and work more sustainably. We've got more fantastic and interesting episodes coming regularly, so subscribe to get notifications. And if you're interested in the working world of ethical fashion, why not connect with myself over on LinkedIn and our extensive fashion network. Now, I'm often asked, where can I find sustainable clothes and products? It's one of the reasons I started this podcast, in fact. So today is going to be one of those episodes that answers that very question. Because we have with us Marta Koajajak, Sustainability Manager at Dayrise, the online marketplace, not only for ethical and sustainable brands, but where they are rated so you can assess their social and environmental impacts yourself which means you don't have to worry about any greenwashing PR getting in the way of your responsible shopping. So, how does the Dayrise rating system work? And could you be selling on there one day? Let's find out. Hi, Marta. Nice to talk to you again, and uh, thanks for coming on to the podcast to chat with us. How have you been? Hi, it's a pleasure. Yeah, it's been great. Quite excited to be here. Thank you very much. It's great to have you. So we're all about sustainable business and careers at James Byron. So I find the new-ish wave of sustainability roles and careers admirable and fascinating. From a talent expert perspective, it's kind of like an organic talent evolution, but on a rather rapid scale. So before we talk about Dayrise itself, could you or would you mind just giving us a little bit of information about what it means to be a sustainability manager and, and what your role involves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, at first, you are right that there seems to be a boom uh, for uh, demand in careers uh, in sustainability. We did have an amazing pipeline of candidates uh, for both filling up for me at my old job and to hire an intern for sustainability at Dayrise. So that definitely shows that young people do vote with their careers and they, they want to be saving the planet full time. Um, but actually, I don't think there is a set profile for a standard sustainability manager neither this is the only job to do with sustainability because the scale of the issues that we're faced with to put the earth back on track is so vast that we need all possible talent on board to set the planet right from uh, IT to civil engineering to biochem scientists to social workers and investment analysts literally everyone can find a sort of a link between their core domain and sustainability that can in the longer run put us on a better trajectory as a society overall. But uh, linking back to my background, um, I think the most important building block for me was to learn how to navigate the complexity of uh, sustainability world. I worked at the large consulting firm for the past five years as a research analyst, where my focus uh, topic was a very broad notion of sustainability. Uh, Primarily, I was advising on uh, sustainability strategies and non-financial reporting. And now, for my work at Dayrise specifically, um, it's mostly about making sure that as a startup with sustainability at the core, at our DNA, we keep uh, the right perspective, balancing skillfully between the economic and the ESG priorities. 
Um, there is also some copywriting to put the right content uh, out to make sure that people who want, want to understand us and engage with us, that they know what we're doing, that it's easy to follow where we stand. Uh, I will also be one monitoring our impacts. Uh, so if you guys think that we are not credible at any stage, that will be, you know, email back to me, Marta, what are you doing? Uh, but also, I did collect my experiences working with the public and social sector uh, in my earlier consulting days and campaigning with the NGOs out on the street, then reading a lot, uh, reading from uh, reports, data, talking with other people in the industry, listening to uh, them, sharing best practices, but also the main obstacles and dilemmas in implementation. Uh, that did help me very much in building a good understanding of how interlinked all these issues in sustainability are and on how many levels we need to act to address the issues. So there goes technology, government, but also the social cultural layer and understanding science also really helps. But I think that swiftness in navigating multidimensional complexity would be the main job qualifier. For anyone who would like to pursue this path, just don't close your eyes to just one domain and keep exploring how these things are interconnected. And of course, don't be afraid of an occasional number crunching. That would be uh, my recommendation as well. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good recommendation. Huh? Uh, and you're right, it's, uh, there's a lot of, it's a very complex area of sustainability to the extent that you see some companies are, well, there's a lot of jobs out there for sustainable sustainability managers but then they're, they're often jobs that are similar like sustainability coordinator for example or sustainability assistant or advisor and all of them tend to have slightly different descriptions because it is very hard to define exactly what you need in a company for you know to move forwards with sustainability um, objectives um, and I think companies are still trying to define exactly how to make that into a job role and i think what what you were saying is actually quite interesting and true is that you can't really put it all into one job role um you know you get you get buyers merchandisers even marketing even it who want to actually have some input into sustainability within a business because it does affect every area and every area can have an effect on the sustainability objectives of a business and i think that's really important for companies to realize i think so uh, there is um, a view from someone who I read about, but I don't remember the name now, so don't quote me on that one. But the, <laughs> I really like the perspective that uh, he said that if we were like really successful in, in doing sustainability as a mainstream business, we would not need sustainability managers because we would all have that kind of perspective embedded in, in the core jobs that we do. Uh, so um, I really hope that we're just going to spread out and go out in the world and, and make it the core part of any other job because this is how we need to start thinking about the world that it's part of us yeah absolutely i think it's you're right it's a part of everybody's uh responsibility within a company and, and like you say i think a sustainability manager is someone who will essentially come into a company and say okay i'm here for now but actually you all need to do this you all need to take part in this and, and if you know if you're all doing that i wouldn't actually have to be telling you to do it <laughs> anyway right so yeah you're absolutely right there um, okay, let's come on to Dayrise. It's a fairly newish platform, um, not been out for very long, but it's growing very fast already. Uh, a lot of brands are on there that I know and are very aware of. When and how did it start? So it started around 2019 when two of our founders were looking to change their, change their uh, consumption habits and to become more sustainable on a daily. But then they realized that they put way too much effort than they should in just finding 
sustainable products to buy um, when just loading their shopping carts. Uh, because the market is fragmented, um, there is over 400 eco-labels uh, with just create a confusion as to what they are really standing for, what do they certify, what do they not certify. Um, great sustainable products are really difficult to find. Very often these are amazing initiatives from small and medium companies who just don't have enough voice on the market to be seen and to be heard and to get the scale that we need to actually notice the change in the mainstream. So um, they thought that it, the next natural step would be if there is no such place to buy sustainable products uh, with great transparency for decision making for the shoppers, almost instinctively, let them make one. Uh, so they partner up with two other founders. And uh, here we are at Dayrise, uh, where essentially our mission, our reason to be is to bring the impact footprint of our product consumptions. Uh, sorry, product consumption back within the planetary boundaries. So in other words, to successfully push the date of the Earth Overshoot Day, which is currently around summer, at least back to the end of the year where it belongs. If we manage to do it even beyond, that means that we end up in the regenerative economy, which is, I guess, song of the future. But hey, it's a good perspective to get, right? It's a very good goal to have. Yeah, completely. And it's what's what's interesting, like you say, is a lot of consumers do want to try and find products that are more sustainable and ethical, more responsible. But it is very hard, especially when, like you just said, a lot of the smaller companies put a lot of effort into making sure that their products are what, you know, the responsible consumer is looking for, but just don't have the budget or the platform to actually shout about it enough. And I think that's one of the great things about ethical online marketplaces like Dayrise is that you give them that voice. You know, they've done the they've done the footwork, they've done the hard work, they need that kind of presence and that's what they get with Dayrise. So we are seeing, you know, sustainably focused marketplaces popping up a lot these days, but Dayrise has quite a unique selling point which stands out, the Dayrise score. So what exactly is the Dayrise score? The Dayrise score is, I think, something that should have been on the market way earlier. Um, this is a mean for us to... Uh, try to quantify the sustainability impacts across the currently five pillars. Um, so circularity, climate impact, ecosystem impact, livelihood and well-being, and the purpose. This all happens at the product level. So for every product, we would have a separate score that is reflecting a, a numerical reflection of how well is the product system designed to reflect all the sort of risks and dangers and the uh, possible harms, but also the good things that you can innovate on in the whole supply chain uh, and also in the use phase of the product. So essentially it's um, five numbers rolled into one, but beyond that there is a vast complexity of external data sets, uh, of uh, proprietary databases and algorithms who just crunch the numbers for us. And this is how we are able to make this transparent judgment. Um, the eco-labels, which is a very common question as well, uh, this is part of the evaluation. But what we've done is we have scrutinized uh, these over 400 labels to really investigate uh, what does the label stand for? For example, if you're certified on, um, I don't know, fair trade, then you would know that uh, your uh, what is being certified really is mostly the quality of the uh, life of the community who produce the good, uh, but not necessarily saying anything about how able this product is to come back 
to the um, circular loops of materials. This is something entirely different. So we are trying to create that transparency. What things are um, covered, what things are not covered. For the things that are not covered, we are trying to find other assurances to see what really is the level of sustainability for a given product and put an easily understandable number on it so that when you shop, it's really just as simple to take a decision as uh, based on the you know price uh, factor. So they have five different areas that the consumer can look yeah. at to assess the products that they're buying into. For now, we are also thinking to add the sixth dimension. Um, we might need more in the future, but this is something that we're exploring. Uh, in fact, we don't want to stop exploring the area ever because we want to make sure that the score is really reflecting the top-notch science and the latest developments in the field, which is why we are forming coalitions with uh, NGOs, with think tanks, with universities and asking them for feedback. We're really just standing naked in front of them saying, hey, this is how we're doing this. What can we improve? What else would you like to see in that methodology? Um, does it make sense? Uh, so they are checking on the, um, I say, su subject matter experts. Uh, we are also now in progress of doing audits on the logic of calculation, um, third party audits. So um, we're trying to get the external perspective to scrutinize us just to make sure that the thing that we deliver in the end uh, is the most helpful to the customers as can be. I was going to say, because it, because Dayrise is a fairly small company still, um, so you are collaborating with other professional bodies and services to, to do all the number crunching, like you mm -hmm. say, and um, the science behind it, in fact. And I think you work with Metabolic, is it? That's true. Yes, actually, Metabolic is uh, one of the co-founders uh, of, uh, of us, of Dayrise. And they are one of the leading sustainability and systems thinking um, companies in the Netherlands. And they are the leading brain behind the methodology. So we went to the experts to create that together. Uh, and then these experts are getting feedback from the other experts. And we want to do this review process annually as well. So this is how we will grow. Um, but really, our main enablers are customers and the brand partners. We need the trust of the customers to buy from us. We need the trust of the brands to get listed on the page. So our uh, really deep objective is also to build a community with these partners but we also want to hear from you shoppers whoever is listening to us right now <laughs> to go to the website explore and tell us how we can make your sustainable shopping journey better because it is still our, in our early days um, but in effect if you are not successful in living the better lives neither are we so go click dayrise.com and uh, send us your feedback my email is open so i'm happy to to take comments from you as well. That's great, excellent. Well, I'll put the um, the link to Dayrise um, and the info page as well in the episode description so that people can go and leave comments. And they can always leave comments, I guess, on your social media platforms too, like Instagram, for example. Absolutely. I do that all the time, you've always <laughs> noticed. So what does the assessment evolve? How do you go into a company and assess their products and their manufacturing? So for now, uh, we are um, doing the assessment as a, um, combination of primary data that we collect uh, from the actual partners. So there is some muscle stretching in terms of emailing your suppliers, hey, what are you actually doing? And you know, how much of stuff went into that stuff? Uh, and we go to the level of like grams per material. 
uh, within product. So um, we are not giving them an easy time <laughs> on the questionnaire <laughs> side. Fair enough. But uh, we do have a great uh, team who is helping the brands on every step of the journey, um, asking, uh, sorry, answering the questions that the brands may have. So there is really a lot of handholding. Um, and then the second part is where uh, the brands don't have their own information. Uh, the external data sets work in and we um, put them together. Um, so the research that we've done uh, at Dayrise and at Metabolic, the uh, third party uh, data sets and the primary information from the brands, they just work together to get the score calculated. Right, and, and what is the highest score? 89 out of 100. And do many, and do many brands achieve that? No, this, uh, the one that I'm talking about is uh, a really, really, really good performer. Our score is very difficult to get. Right. Trick is we are designing the methodology um, with a world in mind where a 100 scoring product would be one that does zero harm to the environment on any front, which is a very idealistic assumption. Exactly. But we need to aim high in order to spur this innovation coming, right? So uh, at the moment, we are listing products if they hit above 20 points uh, on the day rise score. Uh, we think that like 40, 50 is already pretty good. Um, so that 89 is like really, really, really hardcore player. <laughs> Right, so no one, no one should go onto the website and expect to find a product rated at 89, otherwise that would be a unicorn of some kind. Um, Probably. I would say not immediately, but also we want to make the methodology harder and harder to score high as the, the market expands and the sustainability becomes more mainstream. Hopefully, yeah. uh, let's see if this is feasible and at what timescale, but uh, we do have ambitious plans as a global society, so we cannot stop at easy solutions. Absolutely. So it's more about pushing the brands to see where they could do better, really. Inspiring. Um, Inspiring. Inspiring, yes. <laughs> that's what I meant. Yeah, pushing doesn't really, doesn't yeah. really reflect that. Because I think there is many things that Dayrise could do only if uh, we work in, closely enough with the brands. So one of the examples would be um, the two other offerings that we are launching for our customers. That would be the Dayrise Savings and the Dayrise Budget. So Dayrise Savings is where, as you shop, uh, you can see um, by how much better, but how, how much less CO2 emissions and how much less water was used for making this specific product that is sold on Dayrise versus a mainstream market product. This is called the Dayrise Savings. And this is something that you can, you as a logged in user, you can keep track of. Uh, so as you shop, for example, over the year at Dayrise, you will be able to see how much better you've done uh, by shopping at Dayrise versus if you have gone to any mainstream shops out there. Wow, that's amazing. But it goes further. Um, we also want to see how your shopping looks in terms of the uh, fitting into planetary budget. But this needs to include many other aspects of your life than just retail shopping. So unless we really work together to, to solve that problem, one shopping platform is not going to be enough. We need to go together. Yeah, completely. And I think what's interesting as well is that it's very much about transparency. So 
like you say, it's hard to achieve the highest score, but it gives the consumer the chance to see actually which brand is meeting which criteria the best. Um, it's not just, oh, this is a really great brand, it's ethical and sustainable, but it's like, actually, these are really good in, in terms of their ethical applications, but they're also quite a circular brand as well. So there's a combination that people can see. It's not just a lumped score, uh, which is very interesting. Um, do you find that the the brands or the products with the highest scores are sold the most or is there a correlation there? Mm, I think that um, the best score is a matter of the most skillfully navigating the trade-offs uh, within sustainability itself. Also, I think one of the... Um, discoveries that brands are having when they get their scores back is that when they um, learn, for example, about the importance of uh, circularity and they really dedicate their uh, hearts and lives to making a circular product, and then they forget that there is that there are other dimensions of sustainability, uh, then their score can be ex- uh, surprisingly low. Um, but it is explainable because I would give you one example of uh, packaging. Um, you know, we are often debating uh, as consumers, should I buy, I don't know, a cream in a glass jar or in a plastic tub or whatever? Um, well, imagine you're a company and you want to sell your stuff uh, at a high quantity. You need a truck to deliver that to the store. If you go for glass packaging, well, it's recyclable, assuming that it will get recycled. But you don't have control over that, your customer has. So this is the use phase impact that uh, you as a brand have very little influence over, unless you write a very transparent instruction or contribute to a social campaign. Um, much is in the hands of the municipality as well, what kind of uh, recycling systems they provide, etc. On the other hand, um, If you go for the plastic packaging, then it's almost given that it's going to end up in waste. Again, the plastic recycling is a very, um, it's a big thing, but it's uh, patchy in in the sense that every municipality has their own rules and so on. So people are confused and stuff. Uh, But then the plastic will not ever come back to to be refilled, probably. Um, It would rather go to recycling. But if you look at the emissions side of this um, situation, the plastic packaging gets transported with the use of less fuel because it weighs less than the glass packaging. So these are the complexities that we are trying to effectively uh, highlight and navigate well, quantify and compare what are the overall impacts within the product system, not just for the product, but also these other services that are linked to having that product on the market and at the consumer's door. This is why um, the score is um, much different than the eco labels. And uh, I think this is where its main strength lays, that uh, it goes beyond the obvious. Yeah, absolutely. And it is because it is a little bit confusing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. it it's, it's more complex than people often realize, isn't it? So brands actually get a lot out of selling on day rise, not just obviously a consumer base or a commerce platform. But they actually, it's quite useful for them in the sense that they get to learn uh, or ins- be inspired, as you, mm-hmm. as you said, to see which other areas within their production and product uh, areas they can actually improve on. So 
do they do they tend to do that do they get a score and then go oh okay actually we could do better here and then go away and try and improve on that area and come back to you again to get a better score we are in some of these conversations but uh, to be honest i would say we are too early uh, in our life cycle yet to see how that progresses over time but this is definitely something that i would like to monitor okay. i think the um, main win for being on the device platform for the brands is this, this transparency and that's really constructive feedback on how these trade-offs really work in, in the product system uh, but also well let's not forget about consumers because uh, it's essentially uh, they are voting with the wallet that is gonna change the world from this angle that we work on so for the consumers also that transparency is really taking the effort away from sustainable shopping finally yes yeah and that's what that's what consumers need right now there's too many products out there that are that are called sustainable but it's hard to actually know whether they are or not so it's good for consumers to have somewhere they can go to and trust to be to be able to shop more conscientiously um a bonus question for you what is the best selling products on the platform are you allowed to tell us that mm. I would product group. product group. Well, we have three product groups now. We have fashion, we have homeware, and we have health and beauty. Among these, people are really shopping for very diverse products. But we are uh, aiming to be a truly multi-category marketplace uh, in the very near future. So we'll be expanding uh, to cover more shopping categories to make sure that whether you need anything from, I don't know, scissors or or a pen to i don't know a new tv you would eventually be able <laughs> to get uh, the direct score on it and get the transparency you need to make an informed decision so we also know that you know people often say that do we need more new products even though they are you know sustainable products but uh, we know, we've seen a lot of companies that are coming up and startups these days that are selling secondhand and recycling products and things like that. How are you addressing this at Dayrise? We are adding this. So our circularity score for a single product doesn't end at the one-time use. For now, we only have the first-time use products, but we also uh, will very soon launch a category for pre-owned uh, items, which is where well, my heart jumps a little bit because uh, I'm <laughs> an addict secondhand shopper. <laughs> I think everything I'm wearing today is also from secondhand. So I know that you can really find jewels. <laughs> so that would be absolutely exciting to see that the secondhand products can also be scored and you can have a similar level of transparency of their impacts. And as we know, the, the more you use a product, the lower the, the overall impact per use becomes, right? So let's keep our stuff in use for as long as we can and make sure that they make it back to the marketplaces like ours to get scored and facilitate further transparent transactions. So, so a secondhand category on the platform, is this coming from brands that already sell secondhand products or is it from individuals wanting to sell products back to the platform? Uh, for now, that would be uh, rather the B2B side of this. Uh, but let's see how we can build it out in the future. Definitely secondhand is something that is very dear to us. So we want to have it going very soon. So it will be from individuals want to sell things back? Um, or did you say brands? Let's see. No, no, no. I said, I said uh, brands. Oh, so brands. For, right. Yeah. <laughs> so we are starting with the brands for right. secondhand. 
but uh, this is uh, well very much on the on the finish line. So a few months down the road, you will probably already be able to shop secondhand with Dayrise as well. Oh, fantastic! So it's like vintage brands and things. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Is there anyone you can say, or is that a spoiler? Spoiler. Spoiler. Okay, fine. Just <laughs> we shall check stay, it out and keep an eye stay on. Stay excited and keep checking us. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll keep the excitement up. Yeah, and we'll, we'll check Dayrise for when that happens. Thank you very much for that. That's brilliant. Well, Marta, it's been really interesting to talk to you today and, and thank you for giving us an insight on what Day Rise does. I'm pretty sure that a lot of people will be very interested to check out the marketplace and, of course, to have a new place to shop more confidently and conscientiously. Um, so thank you very much. Thank you, too. And I hope to see you, Seb, and many of you listeners on the website from the other side of the screen when we're processing your orders. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll be checking out, we'll be checking out the, uh, the products on there, that's for sure. Um, if people do want to obviously go and check out Dayrise, I highly recommend it. It's a great website. It's got some fantastic products on there. And of course, the link to the website will be in the episode description to make it easy for you to go and check it out. And of course, like Marta said, feel free to send her a message on LinkedIn. I can put that... I guess I can put your link in the episode description too. And Absolutely. then you can go and ask any questions you like. Again, thank you for listening to today's episode and check back again soon for more sustainable fashion wingman episodes. This has been me, Sebastian, helping you dress, live and work more sustainably. Mm-hmm.